survive the remnant. Hello, everybody. Ben can't even get the words out of his mouth. He's supposed to say hello and all, and he's just like, I was gonna say, oh, I'm all mic shy. I'm all mic shy. I was gonna say good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and then you balked me, and now I got nothing. I just got nothing. No, you got nothing. You got a mouthful of teeth, mate. Oh, how are you? Welcome to revive the remnant. I'm good, man. How are you? How are you? Good. Good. I'm hey, good, man. I have a question. I have a question for you. I've been, I've been aching to to ask this. So it's morning here for me, but I've had an awful morning. Because it's been raining the last few days and I've ran out of undies, right? So <laughs> I got up to go to the gym, but I had this realization that I can't go to the gym without jocks on. That's just not going to work. Says who? Says who? Well, I, I got up. It's my wife's birthday. So I said, happy birthday. Did the birthday thing. She went to work. Fantastic. And then I was like, all right, I'll go to the gym. And then I thought to myself, how am I laying on like a, on a chest press? With my legs apart, with no jocks on, I can't be doing that. Well, how how short are your shorts, mate? What, what are gym shorts? Like just above the knee, but they're not like tight shorts. They're like loose, so your business can hang out. But I'm thinking this through. Like, do I wear dirty ones? Do I do I go down to to the shops quickly and buy a pair? Like, did you wear your wife's ones? In the end, oh, didn't even think of that. <laughs> I would have. In the end, I was like, okay, I'm just not going to go to the gym. But now, I don't. I, I wear jocks all the time. Now I'm not wearing any, and it's odd. It's unusual. No, don't. I, we don't need that information. I feel like now when, you, now when you upload the episode, you're going to have to mark unclean instead of clean <laughs> on the thing because we've got images in our mind. There's a reason like, why we don't do the video for this thing. We do a podcast. No, no, I've got jeans on. I've got jeans on. But I feel like people do this. But for jeans. You got jeans and no underwear is even worse. That's well, I mean, what, do do? what do you do? No, I sit at a desk. You know, I'm I'm tired. I'm at a desk all day. I got no meetings, so I'm 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 good to go. Mate. But no, tough times, I tell you. Anyway, I, I apologise to all the ladies out there. It's it, it is a real issue, though. It is. We've I've, I don't know if we've all faced it. I've faced it. I've right. faced it. What do you do? People do this every day. People don't. People don't even own them. And I'm like, what are you doing? I feel, I feel yeah. wild. I feel like things aren't together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not want to go any further in this anyway, conversation. I've got to go to the gym tomorrow because I didn't finish my, my week's gyms because I couldn't this morning. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm, sure there's a, I'm sure there's a whole crowd standing around waiting for you to arrive at the gym tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, that's how I'm doing. How's, uh, how are you doing? Right. I'm good, mate. Finished the teaching on Ezekiel. Super stoked with how it went. It's amazing what's in the scriptures. So I'll definitely have to do a podcast on that and just, um, just get some stuff out there. Still got a bit in me that I need to get out there and I'll... Wear some undies while I do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm learning my <laughs> lesson. Was that six weeks already? Four weeks. Oh, that's that's spectacular. Four weeks. There you Super go. Super good. Yep. There you go. Oh so, yeah, all good. Um, right, man. We've got a humdinger today, don't we? We do. I'm ex- I'm I'm excited actually. I'm. You know, excited. every every week I think it's going to get easier that we kind of know what we're talking about, and then something like this happens. I'm like, oh man, now we're going to watch ourselves so carefully again. Because we have, we've stipulated for ourselves some rules of engagement in yeah. this whole thing. You realize that? Like we stipulated these rules for ourselves and now it's our own rules that are making it really hard. But I guess that's the whole point, right? We've got to keep ourselves to a standard. Yeah. And, that's, and that is the thing is that we've tried really hard for our rules to match a, a, a culture of honor where we're honoring other guys. We're honoring what God's doing. Or we're trying our best to do that. 
you know, and, and I, if, if people think that we are, I want to hear from those guys, you know, I want to hear how we can do this better. If, if we're not doing it right, you know, I want to, we, we want to operate in that honor. I, I do. Come and I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from you don't at you? all. <laughs> Never. <laughs> That's why we don't get any messages. No, we do. We've had a few. I tell you what you can do though. If you'd like to contact us, feel free to send Ben some undies in the mail. Yeah, no, I'd love that. I would. I wouldn't be clean upset or with dirty. that at clean all. Clean or dirty. Clean whatever, or dirty. Whatever style you want. I'll give him a go. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you some. You I did. sent you some. You did. Wait a minute. Wrong. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that you've been wearing the American undies and those were even dirty? They were dirty too. Oh my. I've gymmed in there many a times. Sometimes I just wear them. And I walk in there and I put my hands on my hips like uh, Forrest Gump. Legend. I love you, Jenny. Le- no, what, let's get into this. Let's get into this because I'm, I'm keen. I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm actually not nervous. I'm okay. I'm okay with this. I'm excited about okay. it. Yeah. Good. I'm good. So, let's go. So we've got to start here though. Clint and I both watched a documentary over the last four or five days. And it was a, it's a Christian documentary based on um, the prosperity gospel and, and the American church, essentially. It was actually... Well, I was about to give the name, but we, we need to discuss whether we're going to give the name. <laughs> yeah. I, my personal thought as we go into this conversation is that we should give the name of this because it's not a person we're calling out. It's not a, it's not a, um, a church or a, a ministry. It's, it's, a, it's a product of work that's been given out to, in some regards, be critiqued. And the reason that I think we should be able to give it is that everyone should be able to make up their own minds and go and do research based on who's telling the truth. If you watch this documentary and you take it all as truth and everything in it is right because these guys are saying it, then I'm sorry, but you're a goose in my opinion. But we've stuck to a thing. We've stuck to a thing of not giving names. Now I like there's there's people in this thing that are named in the thing. So even if you give the name of the documentary, people go watch it and then they could get a slanted view. Like I, I, I don't, I was really excited about watching this thing. We both were, I think. Yeah. Like when I watched the trailer, I was like, Ooh, this is exactly what's needed in the church right now. This is going to expose some things that are wrong and it's going to seek solution. And this is what we're going to see more of uh, coming in the future. Cause prophetically, I believe the church is coming to more and more of a season of this. I just didn't, it didn't cross Clint's little mind that there's going to be uh incorrect voices out there or incorrect approach about this as 100%. well. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like, I, if, let me play devil's advocate. If we give the name of this documentary now, people stop the podcast and go listen, go watch the documentary, right? Cause they don't want to listen to us talk about it until they've seen the documentary. hundred percent. But and then also, if they watch the documentary, I don't want them watching the documentary or paying money towards it. <laughs> Cause it's such a, it's such an unhealthy approach. I, sure. I don't know. Sure. And, I, and I, I watched it and I, I don't think that it would be helpful for, for any, any church person reformed or not to watch it. Just there was so much confu- confusion and bread, but if we create a generation where we hide people away from certain things, we never expose them to it. They don't actually know what to do with it when they finally, eventually, which they will see a point of view like this. I had a guy once say to us, we were in a, um, it was like a um, guy, teaching church leaders essentially. And he said, I don't allow my church to read any book. If the church hasn't vetted the book, we tell guys not to read it. And all I could think of was that is awful. That is channeling people down a path of, you must believe what I believe. 
we don't. Okay. We, it's not our job to teach people to just agree with us. It's our job to teach them how to go and find this stuff out for themselves, create their own understanding, their own um, theology and doctrine. That way God can give them revelation in that. That's my point. Yeah, but aren't you sitting, aren't you sitting as a mature believer, seeing it through a mature believers lenses? What about, what about younger believers? What about like this, dude, this thing really bred some, Confusion. Look, I'll give it cred. The first 40 minutes I thought were great. It was great. And I was so, like into it, man. I was like, this is good. This is undoing some stuff. This is actually even giving me some perspective that was really helpful, um, both to my wife and I about some tough times we'd had and some healthy perspective about that. But from there on, it just isn't. It just gets really, it gets, it's, it, you know, it actually is kind of completely what we try not to do on this podcast point fingers leave a mess don't give solutions um not much heart in in the second half of this thing i i don't want to i don't want to expose people to stuff that is going to breed confusion in them i had a real spirit of heaviness on me for three days after watching this thing there was a spiritual heaviness about this documentary sure sure and and you know i'm i'm thinking through people who you're right, who are younger believers who haven't seen this, but it's, they're going to get, they're going to see stuff like this. They're going to bump into people who have these views and opinions who are as, as, as awful in, and and it felt like a schoolyard fight. That's what it felt like. I was watching it and I was like, it was a fight. Yeah, well, it was a schoolyard fight, exact, except, you know, one was throwing punches and the other had their hands tied behind their backs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But they did put this snazzy little, we've invited these people to comment on there to show like we gave them a chance. They didn't take it. Their fault. Yeah. But you know, you don't know why either. I yeah. mean, I it's, it's not like, I mean, you know, these people probably get so many, so many requests to comment on so many documentaries and this and that the whole time. Uh, also, it's kind of like, Oh, we invited them to comment. Uh, but you know, they didn't. So instead of us being patient or waiting or this or that, I don't know, we don't know the story. We're just going to go ahead and throw them under the bus uh, anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I mean, I do understand what you're saying. Like you can't, if this is where the church is going to head and these conversations are going to be out in the open in public, which I think is going to happen more and more and more in the next 10 years. Yeah. Because the church is going to have decisions to make about, about what gospel they present, then okay, with a disclaimer, I'm okay for you to name the documentary. The disclaimer would be make sure that you are ready as a mature believer to absorb, to to engage in the conversation of it, not to just absorb what they're saying. Yeah. And also say, if you're not, what then watch it with a more mature believer or, you know, maybe in a context of discussion is healthier. Yeah. But this is the problem with it. They've left such a mess. They've made such a mess of it. And and this is the thing for me. If, if we can teach guys and hopefully through our podcast, we're able to at least show a position of this, that it, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. When someone says something, especially about the scriptures, about the gospel, you need to go and look at it. And if you've got somebody in your life who is a more mature believer, you need to ask them to help you walk it through. Don't just take something because the, the documentary is well done. It's a, it's a well shot, um, well put together documentary. It, it would seem as though it is all 
right and everything in it is spectacular. Now, it has some good things in it. 100% it has some good things in it. But it also has some hurtful things. If this were... If this were another church or another ministry organization and we were calling them out, I would definitely say we're not naming them. We're not going to say who they are. But given that this is a documentary or a, or a piece of uh, art work, like a movie or a, an article, then sure, we need to be able to critique it and critique the work of it and the, 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 the view of it rather than the person who's done it. I don't even know the okay. guy's name who made but- it. No. Okay. Fair enough. So here's the thing. Like I said, the first 40 minutes I thought were great. Um, and I know we've got listeners now going like, just name the thing for crying out loud, yeah. just name it and move on because we're into this podcast. Right? Okay. We are going to name it then. That's fine. But, um, <laughs> you, you lifted up a note. I couldn't even see what it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I need bifocals to read yeah, that. No, 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 it's great. So that's too close. Oh, okay. Um, you know, the, the thing is, I'm getting a time check, uh, which is right, because just name the thing and move on. But okay, here's the thing. They do raise really valid points. They do, um, they do address a particular topic of the prosperity gospel in particular that is in dire need of being addressed, particularly in this country, in America. So, um, okay. Yeah. Name it. Go ahead. Well, now all this talk, I forgot I what you thought of it. I forgot what, you, what it was called. American um, gospel. It's called American gospel. Now you made, me do, you made uh, me do it. Christ, you. Christ is American gospel Christ alone or. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And apparently it's the first one of a series. Is it? Yeah. Well, there you go. So, more to come. No. So I, I thought I, I sat down to watch it. It is a long documentary. It's a long, it's, it goes for two hours and 27 minutes, I think. Um, so it's, it was a long, it was a long slog, but the first forty minutes I thought were brilliant, and and mm. you had you had watched it before me and said, um, and I had it there ready to, to watch, and you said, dude, it's 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 very, I won't use the words you used, but you surmised awful. <laughs> and well, I didn't say it. what you make me sound like you used terrible words. Now I got to no, go check. No, I think you said it was awful. I don't, rem- uh, I don't remember it uh, directly. But the first 40 minutes, I was sitting there and I was thinking... Uh, uh, I, said, I said it breeds confusion and it's really antagonistic. Oh, there you go. But it did get a heap of topics out of it. <laughs> so I, read, I watched the first 40 minutes. I was sitting there and I was thinking, I don't know what Clint has, is talking about yet. I mean, I'm 40 minutes in. I can't see it going south from here. And then, mm. and then it went south really quickly. <laughs> yeah, and the thing the that got me the most, I mean, we've... <laughs> As you've known, we've we've been having this discussion about you know um, sensationalism and other gifts for now and healing and and those sorts of things. That's been happening for ages. You know, a lot of guys say it doesn't happen. Guys say it does. That discussion. But the thing that got me, which I haven't seen before, was the intentional, unapologetic way they attacked other people they attacked other ministers they attacked other churches they called people out they were saying that they weren't of god that they were were um ministering in in this in almost like it was satanic and i i I couldn't believe my eyes when i was hearing them just blatantly attack these other ministers (laughs) churches you couldn't believe your eyes when you were hearing them 100 percent you got a problem that's right how, there, mate. That's how confused I was while watching if this. <laughs> if your nose runs and your feet smell, you know. Um, but yeah, man, and, and they also they also justified themselves in doing that, you know. Um, yeah. 
and, and I, I just I thought there was a real lack of wisdom in it. Yeah. And as we've spoken about before, we think that some of the topics they brought up with the prosperity gospel and, and some of these issues are things that need to be addressed. But there's a difference between addressing that doctrine and theology and then addressing that person who we're claiming to be not of God when we don't know them. They don't know those guys. They're not yeah, absolutely. Them. Absolutely. Look, there's, there's, it's a very fine line. It's, it's tough. I mean, all, you know, the one thing I can say is, of course, I've done like this month-long teaching on Ezekiel. I've you know, been studying the book for months and months and months on end. If you're going to be a watchman, as Ezekiel was, over Israel, in our case, over the church, you better be damn sure that you are called to that. Yeah. Then, then you better be even more sure that you've gone through the process mm. of maturity, of testing, and of sacrifice. These are things that Ezekiel went through. He, he had massive sacrifices in being that message and delivering that message. Now, there's one message that should come across um, as believers and certainly between believers. It's the message of love and the message 100%. of hope. 100%. And, and that certainly didn't come across. Mm. Uh, and the message of love is, is a mature message to bring. Yeah, but we saw that in the video. They, they attempted to address that because they were saying things like, um, it's because I love you that I'm calling you out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So um, how do we, how do we dance with that? You know, hey, yeah. Eklund, you, you, you look really funny, bold. I'm telling you that because I love you. Yeah. Right. Like, I it, mean, it, 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 does, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, 100%. It doesn't make sense. I mean, look, here's the thing. Pros and cons so we can move into, into the meat of it. By the way, if you're not sure. I'm both bald and bored with uh, <laughs> this introduction. Here's, here's the thing. Um, pros and cons of this thing so we can move on. Pros, uh, it is a, a discussion that has to be happening. Yeah. Uh, certainly when it comes to the prosperity gospel. Um, pros, they put massive emphasis on the first 40 minutes of the need for the gospel. Yeah, to be preached, the real gospel. Um, and I actually think that both schools of thought, if they were preaching the gospel of Jesus, that probably just there would be common ground there, you know? 100%. Yeah. Um, another pro probably is that it's, it's a great production and it's good to see productions of that quality and dealing with important topics coming up. Um, yeah. I, I, I love to see that happening. Uh, some cons, I think the main thing, cycling back to what you've just said, is exactly a sort of core value that we've stipulated between us is to address the model and not the man. Yeah. They didn't do that. They addressed the man. And I think that's a real issue. Like when you address the model, you're dealing with sort of a systemic issue. When yeah. you address just the man, you, you're dealing with one man that can be based on personality or, or this or that. Um, so I think that's a real issue and we can't hinge the, the message on just the messenger. Yeah. We have yeah. to look at what, what the foundational uh, delivery point is for yeah. the message. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and as um, I said, it, and then, like I said, the, uh, the major con for me was just the whole spirit of the second half of it was just, it just bred a very confusing, um, heavy spirit. Yeah. And uh, to me, the, the thing that really upset me was when they started the first 40 minutes was so well done with, with backing by scripture. They explained the gospel. They used the scriptures to, to give that weight and to understand that. And then when we got into the back end where they were calling out different things within the church, healing and, and other things, they stopped 
using the scripture to, to back that stuff up. And I thought, yeah. you can't, you can't. And I actually said to the guy I was watching with, I said, I noticed they're not, they're not going in depth in scripture when they're talking about the things of the spirit. They're not actually going in and tackling some of the big scriptures that, that in my opinion are for what they were calling out. And, and, and that's where I felt like it was sort of a bit disingenuous. It wasn't, it, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't about finding truth. The back end wasn't about finding the truth in the scriptures about the gospel. It was about calling others out and more about uh, pointing fingers than it was a, we really want you to see truth in the scriptures. That's, that's what I felt. I, I felt like it was disingenuous in the back end. Yeah, it's really interesting because it, what it did highlight for me is the absolute opposition that we still have in the church of churches that are driven by the word because this is a reformed movement that's sort of bringing these points against a more um, experiential, spiritual, for lack of a better explanation, movement. What do you mean? What do you mean by reformed? Can you just give us a little? Give us a little. Well, reformed in the sense, look, I think there's a good reform side. There's a bad reform side. I think there's a good reform side in the sense that in this current age, we need reformation in the church. We need a lot of our practice and model and message even to reform back to the centrality of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but there's a bad reform side as well, where we cling closer to the model and our practice and our systematic theology than we do to the grace of God, the love of God, the flexibility of God, the nature of God, and the outworking of the Holy Spirit, however weird that seems. And when that happens, because we can't put a certain experience that somebody might be having in the Spirit um, on our grid, then, and even if it, we can't put it on our grid of Scripture, we then we fail to ask the question of that person, did God change you? Did God grow you even in an experience that I can't reconcile to my yeah, understanding yeah. of scripture? And yeah. so our heart becomes more about being right in our methodology than it does um, in being caring and loving towards that person and seeing part of the outworking nature of God. Yeah. Yes. You're talking about the early, the early reformation, the church that came out of, out of Catholicism into, to, well, not even the early one, because it, I don't know if we can define it that, like that, because, you know, if we look at Martin Luther, a lot of what Martin Luther did with, um, with that Reformation, with starting up that Reformation, are the exact tenets that we need nowadays in the church to get back to the importance of Scripture, to be back to the centrality of Jesus Christ. Sure. So sure. I don't know if it's an early, late thing necessarily. I think it's just, a, I think it's just there's, there's areas of a hardness of heart sometimes. Yeah, for that sure. Evident in the modern, well, contemporary, you prefer that word, contemporary reformed movement. Yeah. And they yeah. are evident in the spiritual. Now, on the vice versa, there are elements on the charismatic Pentecostal evangelical, in a sense, spiritual side of the expression that could really do well with an injection of studying the scriptures better. 100%. Yeah. Being a bit more reformed in that in that nature. Yeah. So it's not one or the other, but that's the whole point of what I got out of this thing. It highlights the need. We keep hopping on about that um, Smith Wigglesworth prophecy about the church of spirit and the church of word coming together and birthing the greatest revival ever seen. This documentary highlighted that for me again about this massive rift between these two expressions of church. hundred percent. And that, that for me is the thing that, that we need to see change come to is that we need to stop talking to one another and trying to get them to understand what we understand. And rather we need to come together to seek the truth. So if, if, if the spirit guys and the, and the truth guys can, I'm sorry, spirit guys and the word guys can come together and say, let's, 
let's discuss what we have. Let's, let's see what we have together and let's lead each other in forward of what the scriptures are saying. Now we, we have enough, we have enough fighting coming from outside the church into the church. We don't need to be fighting inside here. Now we need yeah. to, we need to work out how to come together. And I don't think this documentary was even attempting to do that. It, it really, for me, painted an, an us and them picture and you get to decide. And for sure, the problem was, was that I didn't like either sides that were portrayed. You know, I didn't, I, 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 I oh, it's, Mate, it's difficult to say that. And, and I'll tell you why, because they were very strong on portraying their side. Yeah. I don't think they portrayed their side in fullness because they no. didn't show any of their downside. I get because it wasn't about that. But, you know, from the, the other side of the coin, I felt like they drifted from the topic. Now, the topic of, of what they were trying to approach was the prosperity gospel within the American church. Yeah. And I agree that that is a topic that needs to be addressed. The only thing is I'm not sure that that needs to be addressed at this stage yet on such a public forum. I think, like you're saying, it should be more behind the scenes um, at some point. But, oh, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm right about that. But whatever. The point <laughs> is that the point is that they set Wait out. yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? They set out to. Well, it is. It's a big topic, and it requires a lot of wisdom. And we should be on our knees before God before we spurt our mouth off about stuff. But they, they aim to address a prosperity gospel. They ended up drifting from that and branching off a few rabbit holes, if you will, uh, into things like healing. Yeah. Now, and practice of that. And what they did is they took moments that were out of context. Now, there were two kinds of moments that came out of the evangelical side that they presented as being wrong. One was that they took moments out of context. So they take a one-liner from a preacher and yeah. put it up and say, you see, this is what he stands for. And I hate that sort of crap. I'm sorry, I hate that. Yeah. It's like taking scripture and them being reformed, knowing how to use scripture in context, they should be able to do this in context. It should be an everyday practice of theirs, understanding the weightiness of it. Yeah. And, but even out of context, there were statements that they were like, see, that's wrong, that we discussed earlier, that we were like, wait, that's actually great. We agree with that. Like, it's, yeah. that's solid theology, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was the one thing. The other thing was that we have the side of people um, in the evangelical movement that I think there is, if we're honest, a lack of wisdom about how we say certain things. You know what I mean? We say things like when it comes to hitting, for example, we might say things that, that, that put us in a difficult position to defend our position. Sure. Yeah. We need to be wiser. We need to be more educated. And I think we mentioned in a previous podcast, these experiences that we're seeing with the Holy Spirit in these um, more charismatic movements, we need to be able to lay scripture to them. We need to be able to um, put words to them and explain them. It can't just be flopping around in the ground and just letting everybody else deal with it. We need to be able to substantiate why that's God. Sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that, that for me was the, was the problem, which is what I said before, was the disingenuous way that they, they presented, they heaped, they painted everybody with the same brush. But well, what do you think? What do you think about them calling out names? They did. They painted everybody with the same brush. Yeah. I don't. Sorry, you, I'm sorry. I got, I got ahead of you. Carry on with what you're no, saying. I'm excited. I'm excited. What you're I'm excited that you're excited now. They painted the prosperity guys, right? Think they want to name the With guys. The- now, he's, now he's going to war. <laughs> <laughs> this is Africa. I feel... Ah! I, 
I become more and more American, but I feel South African blood boiling up from time <laughs> to time. No, I, I, I'll, I'll answer both those questions at the same time. They did. They painted everybody with the same brush to the point where there was things where I was saying, I was watching it and I was saying, well, you've just contradicted yourself because they were calling out healing and they were calling out the way that the Bible speaks about healing. And then not three minutes later, they talked about one of the guys getting sick and then he went to in front of the church and asked them to pray for him to be healed. And, and I thought, well, are you guys for this? Are you against it? What, we, uh, what does the Bible say? Does the Bible say that it happens? Does it not? We didn't even tackle that. So they, they right. called healing out, but they didn't even go to the scriptures to tackle what the scriptures say about it. And that was the thing that got me. But the thing that upset me was that they've called, they called out guys who have done tremendous things, tremendous things for the kingdom of God. They, at one point, I mean, they showed the video of that guy who went down to, um, to South America and moved in and they said some of the churches all they do is drop in is is drop in financial aid and and help medical supplies you know they're not actually going there and giving him the gospel and i thought what you've just called out a guy uh, a movement who poured hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical aid into a country to keep people alive the people that you want to go and preach the gospel to if they didn't give them medical supplies, they wouldn't be there to preach to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Come on. Like, man, we, 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 mis- we misunderstand. We want, we want people to be all things to all people. We don't understand that, that God gave jobs, certain jobs for certain people. If you feel called to go into the jungle and preach the gospel, fantastic. It's great that someone went before you and they felt called to build a building for you to do that. Don't go mm. in there and go, oh, all the guy did was build the building. No, he did his part. Now God's given you your part. Like that was what I didn't like. They were calling guys out who have done tremendous things in the kingdom. I mean, they, they call out, they called out, um, Reading, Bethel, California. Now, whether you like, whether you like Bethel or not, what Bethel has done in that city, they, they, it it upsets me, bro. Cause they, during those fires, they gave a thousand dollars to everybody who was in the city in the fires. They paid money to keep policemen off that the city was going to have to lay off because they couldn't afford them. They paid their salaries. Mm. They, they've built infrastructure into that city. They built a library in order for the, for the city to have like, and, and people are going, oh my goodness, these people who aren't of God. What? Mm. Mm. That's the yeah, righteousness and- of God in that city. And, that, and then you've got the other side of the coin where they're calling out these prosperity gospel guys who are all about wealth um, I mean, it's no secret. I can name them. I mean, it's no secret. I'm not naming them to point fingers at them, but I mean, guys like Kenneth Copeland, who's pretty much a, the poster child of prosperity gospel, guys like Creflo Dollar and his thing of a $65 million jet and all that. And that sort of stuff, that that unwise stewardship of finances, and a, in my opinion, is quite a distorted gospel, a prosperity yeah. gospel, and a dangerous one at that. Um, and they're calling them out. My issue with it is... Um, I can understand why they call them out because these guys are on TV. They, they're in people's homes. I mean, you've got these guys like mainstream. And so in a way, you, it's hard to not call a man out when you're calling out the issue. But I disagree with painting um, the same brush, you know, painting the other guys with the same brush, the guys that are healing, that are doing good, that yeah, are sure. not living these lavish lifestyles. Um, sure, they're blessed. Sure, they have more than probably a middle income earner, but you know, they're also the equivalent of a CEO of a company. They're not, yeah. they're not, um, 
you know, they're working hard. I mean, these guys work hard, you know. And, and I just, I, 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 I don't like how it split off the topic and it just went and just called out sort of whoever they had a little qualm with, you know. And, and I just want to say this. I, I know we're going to, we might do later, we'll do a full, uh, a full podcast about it. But for me, bro, I, I, you know, I, I can't stand the prosperity gospel. I think the moment we, we make it about us, we've, we've missed the whole point. You know, I think that that's my view. I've, I've always seen it like that, that we need to be on our knees just seeking the face of God. That's, that's, that's where I think the church should be. But the, the reality for me is we don't know anything about those guys. I mean, look, the, the Creflo Dollar, the Kenneth Copans, we don't know, I don't know them. I don't know whether God's told them to do that. Now I can look at the, their theology or, or what they're preaching and say, I don't agree with that. But for me to say that he's not of God, if I'm wrong, flip, man, I don't want to be on the other end of that stick. If yeah, I'm, we're going to be cautious. We're going to be cautious. If I call out a man of God and he truly is a man of God and I, and I judge his work based on my own insecurities and, and, um, uncapable way of seeing things and and god goes hey just so you know that's my son and i told him to do that that scares me you know this 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 healthy fear in us also stems from us having called out people in the past and felt felt god give us a little nudging that's uh that's not your role yeah, you know, hundred percent. But I, and that's why our safeguard has got to be: we call out the model, not the man. Now, as a model of the prosperity gospel issue, it absolutely is, and 100%. we're going to do a whole podcast on that. But yeah. we want to prepare properly for it, and the difference between prosperity and what it is to prosper, because I think we need some clarity about that, and it's important in the church. I have coined a new, some new terminology. I think Ooh. I'm the first one. I think I'm the first one to bring this terminology. Hey, hey, did you take a photo of it? And did you put it on no. Instagram with a little hashtag? Ha- Not hashtag yet. Davis and then boom, the, the quote. Well, Not you, yet. Wasting time, mate. You know? I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I need a poster. Got it. Rochelle was talking about the, the documentary and she was saying some stuff and I was like, oh, wait, this is what you're saying. And I put the words. So it's a joint effort. It's a joint effort, really. But yeah. here's what I think. I think. You know, this thing between word and spirit, we have word on the one side, the focus on word uh, and the scriptures. We have spirit on the other, the, the focus on experience of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're looking for the merging of it. But, you know, what we're seeing, and this is highlighted in the documentary, are two overextensions. We're seeing an overextension of word on the one side and an overextension of spirit on the other. But this is what I think the terminology is. We're seeing the overextension of systematic theology on the one end and the other end, we're seeing the overextension of systematic spirituality. Yeah. And what I mean by that is we have systematic theology on the one end that goes, God works like this according to the scriptures. This happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And any time that something similar happens, this is the system that it happens in, and this is God. Yeah. That is systematic theology. And I don't agree with that because I think God is just so dynamic. I don't see that in, in the in the. I don't see it as rigid in the Bible, but the other side is the systematic spirituality. Yeah. That if you pray for somebody, they must get healed. If you tithe a thousand dollars, because tithing is a spiritual thing, mm. you will get a house. Yeah. Um, if you do this and this and this, if you are activated in this and this and this, then you are going to see this and this and this. And I just don't think that's necessarily that's probably, healthy that- either. That is tremendous. 
I, I wrote a paper when I was doing my postgraduate on systematic theology. And I, I think my um, convener stitched me up because everyone got given a, an article and that was the article I got was one of the founding systematic theology guys wrote this article. Yes, I've read it and I was like that, but we don't see that in the scriptures. But what you're saying is exactly the, the same for the other side. We don't see some of this stuff from the scriptures. The spirit of God is not one plus one equals two. It's just not, we don't see that in the scriptures. We, that's why I think it's so phenomenal, phenomenal. It's so <laughs> phenomenal when we see Jesus heal blind eyes in the scriptures. I love right. it because it's different. But then we take that. With mud. So now systematic theology we should only be healing with mud, right? 100%. When it comes to eyes. Yeah. Except for the fact that he also doesn't heal with mud. Oh, yes. You're right. He doesn't. Oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> hang on. Oh, hang on. What do we do with that? So, so, so the systematic way of healing eyes is to spit in mud, spit into dirt, make it mud and rub it over the eyes. And also, let me just say, I'm not... Look, there's some great work that's been done on systematic theology. And it's, it's not about being completely against that as a process. It's just about not making that the be all and end all. Sure. You know, honor the guys that have put all the work into that. hundred um, percent. All the ways of God. Yeah. Um, just, it just can't be, we must understand that that is our, our, our frail human understanding of God. But, but that's brilliant. Yeah. What you've said, bro, that in, in the same way, um, I, I've never, I've never fallen over when someone's prayed for me and I've been in some cases, the only one left standing. And I, I, I remember saying to someone, I don't think falling over is a thing. And then I've seen others actually fall over. And when they came back, they're like, dude, I just saw the most incredible thing I've ever seen. God showed me something that's changed my life. And I'm mm. like, okay, hang on a sec. Maybe, maybe I can be wrong, but what it doesn't do is every time God moves, you fall over. Or right. Every time, every time you do this, God does this. That's that's just not what happens. It's not the way we see it in Scripture either. But there is that voice that's systematic spirituality that says it is like that all the time. Hundred percent. No, and I, I think that's phenomenal. You need to uh, you need to hashtag that because <laughs> you know it's not a quote if you don't upload it to Instagram on a nice picture of yourself. Right. So being a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, all right, so let me ask you this: the the main the the one of the main issues in the film, and it's again a thing that we try not to do. And then I want to just close out with some some uplifting stuff. Um, but it didn't offer any practicalities. It didn't yeah. offer like any kind of solutions. You know, the first, yeah. like we said, the first half of it was good. And the solution in that first half was kind of like, we need to be sharing the gospel correctly. And that's where I want to go to uh, in a couple of minutes time is this picture of the gospel and what we believe it to be, or some elements of what we believe it to be um, and how we neglected that. But it didn't raise any, it didn't raise any solutions. And yeah. I think we have to be offering solutions. So, so what's the solution that you can think of? because I have mine, so I get to put you on the spot, um, that can help us merge this rift between these two movements in a healthier way than what they've tried to do it here. We have to, we have to let go of arrogance and narcissism. Narcissism in the church is killing 
the church. I know for here on the Gold Coast in Australia, narcissistic leaders are absolutely tearing this thing apart because they believe that God's told it to me, therefore there's no other way to look at it, so my way is right. So you're either with me or you're against me. Mm. And what we actually have is we have a bunch of church leaders who are saying, I can't talk to Clint because Clint doesn't agree with me, therefore he's against me, therefore everything he says is out to pull me down. So I'm not going to talk with him. So then I just remove you I don't, and, and you're off. And now I'll go to the next guy. Where, what do you stand with? That's not what we're called to do. If, if you think that your theology or doctrine is 100% correct, you are in error. I'm sorry. If you can say, hey, guys, this is what I think. This is the best of my ability that I've understood this text. But I'm open to, to talk some things through and see it another way. Let's chat. Let's sit down and let's find what God was actually saying in this. Then we can actually start to build together and establish unity through the fact of, oh, man, I've never seen it that way. I've never seen the scriptures actually explained quite like that. Mm. That's how I think we need to move this thing away from us and them is, is that Paul talks clearly about the fact that we're one body. We have different roles, different jobs, different abilities. Be okay with the fact that the guy next to you has a different job than you. He's doing the things he's meant to be doing. But let's talk about scripture together without narcissism. But that's that's really interesting, and it's it's really scary that you've that you've laid it out that way because you know the nature of the beast is that followers become, in essence, a little bit like their leaders. So then you've got to ask yourself what gospel yeah. is is being preached, and what is being picked up. If if you've got a narcissistic, arrogant leader, then one or two things are going to happen. You're going to have people that leave because they don't. Mm-hmm like that and kind of might might if they're young believers might think oh the whole church is like that christianity is like that and not go to another church or you're going to have people that actually start to exhibit elements of that same narcissism narcissism and arrogance in in which case they are pointing fingers at those who are not saved going we're better than you that's that's the and so it's pride so let me ask you this then and I'll just, let me throw my two cents in and then I'll ask you this question because we're going to head to the gospel quickly. But the, the thing I can't get out of my mind as a solution to fixing this rift, particularly in my context of the American church, is that we need to establish radical ownership of personal discipleship. 100%. We, I couldn't agree we have to get We have to get people away from taking what's, um, from idolizing their leaders, from idolizing what's said there, from only feeding on what's said on a, on a Sunday at church um, and actually get into the word, owning their own stuff, getting to experiences with God outside of the public eye in their, in their homes, in their privacy. We need to reestablish the radical ownership of personal discipleship and not leaning on, on everybody else. hundred percent. Now, let me ask you this. You speak about narcissism. You speak about arrogance in the Australian church. This was one of my questions leading to the gospel. If this documentary has highlighted Man, you can tell I've been teaching for weeks. Hey, I'm speaking fast. <laughs> Last night I had to get through. There was two hours I had to get through a heap, dude. I spoke like this for two hours. It was crazy. It's crazy. I love it. Um, it's the new me. The <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. It's, um, it's all that ginger. It's all that ginger shot that your wife makes for you. That's what you've got. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. You're yeah, right. yeah. That's what it is. We did. We did three days of liquid fast. Absolute hell. Um, <laughs> Wait a second, I feel like we should do one. We're doing 28 days without alcohol. Are you? 
Yeah. Beautiful. Which is big for a South African considering wine. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if this documentary has highlighted the issue of the American gospel being so focused around the prosperity gospel, my question to you is, what is the Australian gospel? If the American gospel has become so focused around the, the, the prosperity gospel, what has the Australian gospel become focused around, in your opinion? And it is opinion, we give that, because all of us have this limited perspective, because we're human. Yeah, um, I, I think in, in my context, what I'm seeing, and what I think I, I've seen, um, I mean, America is our big brother. You know, we tend to, to I, I follow America quite closely because of the way that culture, Australia has its own culture, and we, we have ways of doing things, but we tend to look up to America in quite a big way. I mean, if we get a, a preacher in from America, it's a big deal. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of the, the way it's set. But the thing I think that we've seen that, that's really hurting our church is consumerism. We have a massive culture of consumerism. And, and I think it's less, I mean, you don't hear many preachers, from my, my opinion, preaching prosperity the way that we see it in America. The whole name it and claim it you know, reach out to it and grab it, call it in, that sort of stuff. We don't really see that, but we see big consumer-driven churches here. Lights, cameras, actions, they're quick services. They get you in, they get you out. There's a point from you, you don't, you're, there's a plan from the, more, the moment you walk in to the moment you walk out. It's like a well-oiled machine. I think that, to me, is what's hurting the church in Australia the most. Um, I mean, we uh, from what, Aside from Brian Houston, who seems to always be in the in the news from Hillsong, and cops a bit of flack, I think I think Hillsong does it has done a great job. You know, I think he's mm. an incredible leader, and he, and he's done some. I, I don't agree with all of the stuff. I think there's some error there, but in the same way, he would probably be the biggest styled church would make the most amount of money type person in Australia. That that no one really tends to point fingers at him for that. But yeah, I think consumer consumerism. This. Mm. It's all about me. I better feel good from the moment I walk in. There better be good coffee. There better be nice music that's not too long. There better be a good sermon that makes me feel good, that doesn't make me feel challenged. But it's also not too long. Um, and a little bit of fellowship, but not too much. Um, just snazzy. You know, that's, I think that's what's hurting us. You know, I think we, I think the next episode or one of the, the next few episodes, every time we say it's the next episode, we kind of get something else that comes along and we're like, oh, let's do this. But I think certainly in the next few, we should do an episode just on worldviews and consumerism being one of those. Yeah. It is. It's in the American church too. And it's, it's, I think it's probably worldwide. It's, it's radical. So yeah, I'm going to cut you off there. So we keep content for that. Um, but look out for that coming up. I think, I think we should do that and I'll bring in some of the perspectives from Dubai and some of the perspectives from, um, from South African worldviews and that, and what we've learned from them. Um, let's, how about we wrap with a bit of this? It's the main point of the first half of the documentary and, uh, we can just take, let's just take five or 10 minutes to do this. So it won't be absolutely exhaustive, but we can do, and we will do an episode on this exclusively at some point. But let me ask you this, to you, what, and I'm not asking you to tell me the story from start to finish. I'm asking you to tell me just some key points that stand out to you about what the real gospel is. I think the real gospel can be surmised in one word, Jesus. 
Jesus is the gospel. And I, I in the in the, the video, I didn't like the way they portrayed. They they kept calling the gospel the cross. The cross is a part of the gospel, but Jesus dying on the cross is a section of the gospel. That's very the, good. The the gospel, the the scriptures talk about Jesus. They call it the scarlet thread. He's from the very beginning. We see him in every book from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. If we make the gospel of Jesus Christ about him dying on the cross, the gospel falls short because we, we miss the fact that he was in the garden. We miss the fact that, that he, was, he was there all the way through up until his birth, the fact that his birth was miraculous. We don't include that. People say, oh, yeah, but I mean that. No, our language is important. When we talk about the gospel, we're talking about Jesus. Him in the beginning, as John says, the word was, was um, in the beginning. And, and we see that carried through when we only talk about the cross. A lot of people will say it's Jesus dying. It's also him raising again. It's also him ascending to be seated on high because that's the power. We also see him coming again. You know, we, we see the, the, the lion and the lamb. We, we see we've got to encapsulate Jesus as a whole. If we just make it about the cross, we make it about us. And it's about mm. him. It's about him. It's always been about him. And in his incredible love for us, he makes it about us. But it's about him beginning to end. That's the, that's the gospel for me. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it's so systemic, actually. I'm just sitting here listening here, thinking, like, we've got to do this consumerism episode because it's so systemic. When The reason we make it about the cross is because it becomes a product that we can then own and 100%. possess. Yeah. And so once it's only about salvation – then once we've got that in the bag, it's like, okay, cool, let's move on. But that was never about the gospel. The gospel always has um, both sacrifice linked to it, triumph linked to it, but also responsibility and discipleship and discipline linked to it. 100%. Um, those are not products that, that have an end that you just put in your, in your bag and go home and put in the cupboard. Those are things that have to be fed and grown and yeah have to be alive i think probably the best passage the best line that came from the whole movie i can't remember who it, who it was it just came to my mind now i didn't write it down when i watched it but uh, i think you'll remember it's it's somebody who says um if if there's a passage of the scriptures that you want to preach and you cannot uh tie it to the gospel of jesus christ then you're not ready to preach it yeah i i, I thought that and i thought I wish I wrote his name down because that was brilliant. Yeah. Well, that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. What a great plumb line. If there's, and it's exactly what you've said about the scarlet thread and Jesus running all the way through, through the, through the Bible. I mean, I had a, I had a lecturer in Bible school who said, I believe even the cover of the Bible is genuine and would flip it over and see, see, it says genuine leather. It is. The whole thing is genuine, you know? yeah. <laughs> but, but it is, it's, it's yeah. real. And, it's from the beginning to end. And certainly if you start look, listening to Michael Heiser or reading his books, you start realizing, wow, Jesus is everywhere. And yeah. the gospel message doesn't start in Matthew. It's everywhere. Yeah. And I loved also what Ravi Zacharias says. He says, you know, Jesus didn't come and he didn't die and he didn't ascend to make bad people good. Yeah. He came to make dead people alive. Yeah. And I love that. I just yeah. love that. You know, yeah. it's also not, it's also not about, it's not about just becoming part of a, a religion or part of a faith. It's becoming part of a kingdom. Yeah. 100%. And, and 
And that stems itself to discipleship, that you are under a king. Yeah. You are under a lord. You know, we, we say Lord Jesus because he's supposed to be Lord of our lives. A lord who rules over land in England or wherever they use that system. If you're on that land, then you are a subject of that lord. Yeah. And so if you are a subject <laughs> of Jesus, if you call him Lord, guess what? You better be a subject of him. Yeah. You are... He, it's his privilege to call us friends, but we, we serve him as Lord. 100%. And, and yeah. do, I, I, think we've, I think we do a, I think we do an injustice to the gospel when we, when we preach it in way of stopping people from going to hell. When we, when we position it from that, that position to say, you need this or you'll go to hell. I just think that's, that's not, we, don't see, we don't see the disciples preaching like that. We see yeah. them preaching in way of, hey, guess what? Jesus is king and he's alive and the kingdom is at hand. They're saying, mm. dude, do you know what you can have now? Do you know who you are? It's not about, hey, take this and go to heaven. It's, do you know who you are? Do you mm-hmm. know what you have in front of you? Do you know that, that God loved you so much he sent his son? Yeah, uh, cool. You don't have to go to hell. Awesome. You get to spend eternity in heaven. But do you know who you are? Like that, when we get to the gospel from that perspective, and we look at it from a positive, not a negative. Man, this thing becomes, it already is, but we start to actually be able to utilize the incredible power that Jesus in, intended for the gospel. That's, mm. oof. So, what, so what is, let's wrap this up. What is your, what's your single big idea takeaway from, from this episode? Oh, you got me all riled up. I'm all pumped up yeah, on that. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'll give you my, I'll tell you what. It's, give, it's me, a, give me your, it's a question to, about it. I mean, I jumped, I, I jumped it on you. And that's, this is one of the things I love about our podcast is I just feel like we've got some core values and some good, some good boundaries for us in place. But I also love just we try to keep it as organic as possible. We give you a little behind the scenes look quickly in that, you know, when Ben and I sit down and speak about what we're going to chat about, we'll generally uh, start telling the other person something and then we'll go, okay, stop. Don't say any more. Don't say any more. Bring it up in the show and let's see where it goes from there. So this really isn't prepped and, and we're going to keep it like that because we love it. We want it to be a real conversation and hopefully you relate it that way. Let, let us know. Let us know if that's working for you. But my single takeaway from this, and I would never have said this years ago because I thought it was just a floofy concept that floofy Christians throw out there. And then I'd have to put Jesus in that floofy category as well, unfortunately. But I, I have grown into understanding the power of it and the absolute necessity of it, but it is love. It is love. Mm. Um, my takeaway is love. And, and if love was the plumb line, I just don't think that we would be so condemning mm. um, towards other people. Our heart would be for their restoration. Mm. Uh, and that is where I stand on leaders that I believe to be wrong, preaching an incorrect message, leading an incorrect movement. My, my, um, my heart plumb line at the moment is for their restoration as well. It's got to stem from love for mm. brother. I don't know why I'm, I'm going to share this, but I just feel really strongly to share. And, and I think that for me, it's this, one of my, 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 probably my most favorite verse is in Revelation. And it, I think it's Revelation 2 and it talks about the throne room of God. And it's a, it's a long verse. And if, if you have time, I encourage you to go and read it. But it talks about the, the fact that there's myriads and myriads, thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of angels in the throne room singing holy, holy, holy day and night, worshiping the king. 
They're so focused on, on where they are and, and who it is that they're singing about that nothing else matters, that that's what matters. And then the Bible tells us to keep our eyes on, the thing, on, on, on heavenly places, to seek the things that are above. That's what it's talking about. A focus on Jesus that's so unashamed, that's so, God, I don't care for anything else. I just want to see your face. I just want to see you. When we start to do that, we can start to understand what Paul was talking about when he said we must operate out of a place of heavenly wisdom. The, the, the multifaceted wisdom of God, we operate from that place. That comes from a focus like the angels have in the throne room on God. So when we start to have, have questions about the gospel, we go back to that place and say, God, I just want to look at you until I understand the answer. I want to ask you for your wisdom. I want to seek you. I want to see you in this. That for me is what I, I, I take away. Before I open my mouth about anything, I want to have gone to the counsel of God and said, God, what is this? You know, is healing there? I don't know. I'm going to go and ask my God. Uh, it says it in the scriptures and, I, and I've and in asking and praying and talking to me, showing me. So it's there. I don't care. I can see it. It's there, you know? And, and I think when we can have that wisdom, I think we start to have a whole different light on the way we look at these guys, when we look at different ministers, guys with different calls, different jobs, when we come from that perspective, we change the way we see things. Hmm, that's amazing. Very good, mate. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, our website is up and running now. It's not complete, but it is enough for you to connect through all the streams and pick up everything and all that. We're getting the blog going now as well. So that's really exciting. And you'll also be able to um, find out uh, more about what we're up to. You'll even be able to uh, request us to speak or preach or teach um, to whatever audience you have. We're, uh, we're not growing it as a corporate church thing, but we do want to have impact with what we believe God's giving us to carry. So the website, revivetheremnant.com, you can go and check that out. Uh, we hope that you're enjoying this podcast. Do let us know. Join us on Facebook as well, and uh, we'd love to connect further with you. So you want to say your goodbye? 100%. Three, two, one. Hooroo, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers, ciao. Goodbye. Ha, ha, ha.